Hello and welcome to Dean Luke, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. Meets, was that one of the most boring 100 point wins you've ever seen? Uh, probably, yeah. I think the Casey Demons could have beaten that team. Or even like your AFL Nines team in Canberra <laughs> probably could have beaten the Gold Coast Suns. They were shocking. They were so bad. They were absolutely shocking. So it's yeah, really hard to take in... anything. Well, let's go through the Casey team. I reckon Bug would have kicked six against that team. Yeah, probably. Pedersen would have probably taken Mark of the Year on... I don't know, Max Spencer or something. Max Spencer, Absolute oh, the poor hack. guy. Yeah. Poor guy. It was, honestly, the midfield was just completely obliterated. It was shocking. I mean, but then again, they've just got so many injuries and so many oh. suspensions and everyone's leaving the club. And, okay, I don't care about I mean, making excuses for Gold Coast. Crisis, really. The point is, that was just appalling It to really watch. was. It was It was quite dull. It really was. But, yeah. you know, we did get a nearly 100-point win, so... yeah. We'll exactly. take it. Exactly. And we can't be greedy. I mean, this we're not used to too many 100 points. No, wins. we're really not. But for some reason, we, I was just kind of unenthusiastic about the whole thing. I didn't right. really think much of it. I wasn't that excited by the whole win. Right. Yeah, it was a very strange feeling. Right. Because I think the truth is the test is yet to come. Right? Yeah. We, we need to beat a top eight team. We need to win a close game against a good team. We need to make finals, right? Yeah. This is definitely useful and keeps the percentage ticking over. Totally. It doesn't prove much. No, I agree. The next three weeks are the real sort of litmus test for how we're going to go and if, we, if we're really cut for finals. And right now, the jury's still out in my view. I'll tell you who's cut for finals. Clayton Oliver. What a player. What a player. You know, it's here's the funny thing, right? As every time I do get sad that... Uh, Rosie inexplicably decided to trade away pick two and not use it on Josh <laughs> Kelly uh, in the famous Tyson Kelly trade. And every time I see Josh Kelly, like, just kick beautifully, yeah. like, into the center of the ground, like, from the boundary line, or just do something absurd, I do think of one thing. And that is the fact that if we did, if we did have Josh Kelly, I, I, we would have been a much better team, which means we probably wouldn't have had Clayton Oliver in our side. That's my weird it's sort of circular long, logic. It's quite circular long-term logic. But I think it's probably true, right? Yeah, we probably true. wouldn't have been that low. We would have been, been a little bit higher up the right. um, the uh, in, in sort of in terms of our standings. But then again, we did trade in up for Clayton Oliver. It's a little bit unclear. Right. Yeah, well, look, circular or not, I totally agree. I mean, Oliver is unbelievable. He has he's no incredible. weakness. What's his weakness? He, he can kick now. Yeah. You know? I mean, He I can kick, he can mark. He can do everything. He can do he's an absolute star, isn't he? Yeah. And then you look at our other young guns. So let's talk about my man. Gus. Gussie Brayshaw. Yeah. What a player. He's so eye-catching. Yeah, I love his composure through the stoppages. He yeah. Just, he doesn't look like he's going to be tackled. And unlike earlier in the career, he kind of seems to pause and make the right decision rather than just bombing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's got some real speed. He's a good sort of mix of inside-outside. Yeah. You know? He really adds a different type. Yeah, to 100%. Mix. He's an excellent tackler. Right. Like, he had a couple of tackles that just went completely unrewarded. Um, right. But no, he's he's just going from strength to strength. And how great is it and exciting that he's locked in for another four years? Right. And the brilliant thing is, he's helping us to cover Viney's loss. Right. Which is allowing Oliver to play forward much more. Right, exactly. And I mean, look, the test will be against a team like Sydney, which has more contested animals. But True, but Brayshaw's more than holding his own. I mean, yeah. it's really interesting to think that at the start of the year, if you'd said that Viney wasn't going to be in our team... Everyone would be like, okay, well, who is going to win the ball? Right. But Brayshaw has just totally filled that role and with such ease. It's phenomenal. And players like Harms have been really great in supporting Let's him. have a moment of, like, pure adulation for Chompers Harms, who I've always loved, the boy from Devon Meadows. Yeah. I've always loved him. But he is turning into a real weapon. He can do it all. I mean, he can, he's a good kick. He can kick goals. He's it's a good tagger now. He's a good tagger now. But he can also win his own ball. Yeah. He's doing it all. And he loves playing Gold Coast. 
Yeah, that he does. He absolutely does love. I know it's true. He got his Every Rising Star time. nomination during a Gold Coast game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always demolishes them, doesn't he? Yeah, he's kicked multiple goals. I think on three or four occasions. I love. No, I'm just loving Chompers. I'm yeah. just all about Chompers now. Yeah. Another positive note: Vandenberg back. Isn't How it exciting? I know. The only problem is I wish he converted a couple I of know, times. I know. The good thing is he hasn't lost his penetration in his kicking. He's still a long kick. It's just his accuracy. Yeah, look, he was never the greatest of kicks. I no, he's a very good mark. That was always yeah. his big X factor. He's a very good contested mark. Exactly. And that's what we need to see from him yeah. going forward. But just him getting through the game. Oh, it was a great... Was. What, you got 20-odd possessions? I mean, you did all right. You got about 15 possessions. About 15, yeah. maybe not. Okay. Look, he, he was fine. It wasn't a great performance, but it's he's back in the team. Yeah. I think I think you give him another couple of weeks and see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I think the jury's still out as to whether he'll be in the team in finals. Um, because with milkshakes back... Um, I'm not sure he holds a spot. Yeah. But, you know, that's a question for another day. The important yeah. thing is he's back now. Oh, it's very exciting for him. Because the poor guy, he had such a sort of promising start to his career. Yeah. And everyone was like, what a recruit. You know, they got him from Ainsley and no one wanted him. But he just, you know, sort of came to Melbourne and looked like he was going to set, you know, the AFL on fire, really. He started really, really I mean, well. Do you think he was setting the AFL on no, fire? No, I thought he was maybe not set the AFL maybe on like fire. A- a light flicker maybe a little match. tiny little flame <laughs> yeah. no but maybe not set the AFL on fire but he looked like he was going to be a very good player I really think that I think he looked like a solid club man I disagree with that I think you're maybe overrating him really slightly. maybe when you don't see someone play for a while all of a sudden they just become a star in your mind yeah. you know I think of Vandenberg as like um, maybe at his absolute best like McGlynn I don't think Sydney. he was like McGlynn no like a kind of a useful extra forward option can take some marks good forward pressure uh, McGlynn had a bit more polish, I think. But I think that's the kind of player I see him as. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I saw him as a McGlynn type player. A, I think that's a bit harsh. A bit of a niche reference. Yeah, yeah. a little bit niche. Um, still, I think there were a few question, questions coming out of that game. Yeah, there was some lazy football, don't you think? Yeah. There was some real sort of front running. I know. Um, and in a way, you can't blame them. I mean, we'd already gotten the percentage by the time quarter time had come It by. was quite extraordinary, really. So what the do you really do with done an extra? Adjusted, I know, yeah. but... I think there was some lazy habits that sort of came in. And right. I don't love Sexton kicking five goals. No, look, where's the defensive pressure on him? Where are they? Why aren't they manning him up? Like, what are they doing? But then again, I mean, nothing to really play for for half the game against a team of absolute hacks. I mean, they're not really hacks. They're just like babies, aren't they? They're just right. children. It's a combination of babies and hacks. Yeah, baby, babies and hacks is really the new nickname for Gold Coast. Yeah. What about Jesse? Well, look... I mean, you found Jesse's game particularly frustrating. I, think, I, I think, actually did. I think you said you're more frustrated with Jesse after this game than before. Yeah, I kind of was. It, no, I really was really frustrated with Jesse because I've always loved Jesse and I always defend him. But it does frustrate me when he'll play so well against the bloody Max Spencers of this world. But then, you know, what happens when he's against, like, Dane Rampey? Like, he's going to be against him, against potentially right. against this week, you know? Like, he'll just disappear. So, it just frustrates me. I mean, I think, like, I know he's our leading goal kicker, and I know he's had he started the season exceptionally well. But I do just get very annoyed or very frustrated when I think that, you know, all of a sudden when he's against a hack team, all of a sudden he's, you know, remembers that he's a gun player and that he, right. you know, can single-handedly win a game off his own boot. That's one thing. And the other thing that can sometimes annoy me about him is against these crappy teams, he looks really enthusiastic. He's yeah. up, at, up at the contest. He's all over the ground. Yeah. He's got positive body language. As soon as you get a gun team against him, he looks injured. He's hobbling around. He looks depressed. Yeah. He's doing that like kind of... 
handshake after a goal that you don't like when you yeah, don't feel yeah, like he's yeah. giving his players full eye contact or yeah, whatever. Look, that's me. I'm just the body language expert <laughs> over here. Just like here to be my very knowledgeable armchair body language expert. Um, right. But it, what I love is he's got an amazing test of all of this right now, right? Like you mentioned, Rampy or Aaliyah this week. Yeah. And then McGovern probably the oh, week God. after. And then uh, after that, Phil And Davis. then Phil Davis. So this right. is, so you know if what? He, if he can... I mean, we all know he's going to be a gun, but if he's going to be a gun now, we'll know in the next three weeks. I agree with that. I agree with that. And look, maybe I'm still harsh on him. Like, I just didn't even realize until they were talking about during the commentary that he is still 23 and he only just turned 23. He is still young. He is obviously going, still going through lots of ups and downs, right? And by the time he gets to 26 or 27, obviously you'd hope that those, you know, sort of ebbs and flows of his moods would have been ironed out. And obviously would have hoped they'd been ironed out by now, but maybe not. But, you know, look... Uh, it was obviously a very good performance. I was just frustrated because I would like to see it every week from him. So, Neitz, let's turn to the question that everyone in the AFL is asking. Yeah. Out Tommy Bug, in Andrew Gaff? I don't think anyone has ever uttered those words in the history of the <laughs> AFL. So, But look, it's a like-for-like replacement. I know, it was surprising. <laughs> One king hitter for another. Oh, God. Can we do it? Well, this is the thing, right? Do you think that Andrew Gaff is actually who we should be targeting after this whole mess? Oh, absolutely. I hope it reduces his contract price. What, you think this would, this would significantly reduce his contract Not price? Not significantly, but maybe it would shave off another 20000 But do we really want to go after someone who's like king hitting like the brother of one of our players? <laughs> Look, I don't think Gus would love it. But you were saying to me that Gus and um, Andy Brayshaw and Hamish Brayshaw played golf with Gaff. Like no, no, could... I said that Hamish Brayshaw and, and Andy Brayshaw played, uh, played golf with uh, Gaff. Right, well, whatever. The point is, Gaff seems to be a decent guy. Well, Gaff is actually a lovely guy. He had this shocking moment. Oh, it was pretty bad. Yeah, and and Andrew Brochure is now eating through a straw for the yeah, next exactly. month. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, he's, he's got no... Okay, let's just call a spade for spade, right? Tommy Bug, for all of his flaws, and for, you know, taking out Callum Mills, Callum Mills could still come back and play the next week, right? Even though what Tommy Bug did was horrendous. Andrew Brasher is out for the rest of the season and is going to be spending the next month eating through a tube. Yeah. Like, that's pretty bad. Like, it's that's pretty, pretty severe, significant impact. I agree. Um, but look, at the end of the day, Gaff is a gun. Like, I'm fine with a no dickheads policy, but if they're a star player, I'm happy to waive that. Well, that's a very Sydney <laughs> Swans. Uh, let's allow Barry Hall to remain on the list. Right, uh, exactly. Policy that you you've can got forgive going Barry there. Hall punching Brent Staker in the face. You Jeez. can't. You can't forgive Tommy Bug doing He's anything. He's just such an average player. Well, the thing is, is I don't think um, Tommy Bug had the like character references that, <laughs> that Andrew Gaff might have at the tribunal. <laughs> um, what do you think is the right penalty for Gaff? Well, I'd say probably around. Yeah, I mean, you have to say six weeks, right? If, if that's yeah. what Tom Bug got given, you right. have to say six weeks. But everyone hates Tom Bug. I mean, that's true. But this is... Well, Tom Bug had a record, right? Yeah. But I think Gaff doesn't have a record. But then again, he's, he was probably worse, right? I in think terms was of the worse. impact. He kind of wound up a bit more. Yeah. Right. It also makes you really realise, doesn't it, that like just how... I mean, because West Coast defence and Gaff's defence is that they were actually... He was actually going for the chest, but, you know, it just got him high. But it makes you sort of sit there and thinking, like, God, how hard are they hitting each other on the chest? Yeah. You know, like, that's pretty ferocious impact, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. If it's enough to, like, break someone's jaw, that's pretty severe. Yeah. And that's what he was going to just do to his chest. Like, man. Exactly. And look, if you're going to swing a punch, you have to deal with the consequences of it. Right, exactly. Right. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. My problem is, I think six weeks is fine, but I think the problem is... We've adjusted to this benchmark, which is defined by the Barry Hall penalty. Don't you yeah. think? Yeah. Or like, now the Tom Bug uh, litmus test. So Tom Bug, right. you know, 
will always be remembered as his as the yardstick for how other people as how other people's, <laughs> other people's coward punches correct, are evaluated. Exactly, exactly. No, I agree, but it's it's stupid, right? Because let's just say hypothetically that Hall had gotten fifteen weeks instead yeah, of eight weeks. Then all of a sudden, then that this would be, be like a twelve week penalty. Yeah, totally, totally. Because when you think about it, this is pretty big deal, I and mean, you'd think in quite a few codes you'd get suspended for the year for something like this, right? Oh, 100%. But, you know, look, given the reality, it's unfair, I think, to suddenly ditch the script the... and give him 10 or 12 yeah, weeks. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I think six weeks is about right, which would probably rule him out for the entire finals and at the minimum would rule him out for our game. Yeah, definitely, which is, you know, I'm, sadly for Andy, Brayshaw kind of like helpful. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a, I love the Brayshaw family, yeah. right? So my, I'm sure he'd want his brother to be happy. I mean, that's, that's probably right. <laughs> um, While he's e- eating through a tube. <laughs> Let's turn back to Melbourne. Neats, my big question, the thing that I'm going to be crippled with anxiety about all week. Yeah. What do we do about Buddy? Well, in your words, this could be the making of Sam Frost. This will be the making of Sam Frost. I think it will be the making of Sam (laughs) Frost, back to the VFL personally. No, I think this is his moment. I said uh, a year and a half ago that that Frost was the next Rance, which in hindsight was a pretty dumb statement. A little bit of an early crow. But if he beats Buddy... You never know. Frost was very good on the weekend. And he's, he's starting to look like the player I thought he was. playing against Leslie, <laughs> who, who got pushed forward because Peter Wright went down with an injury. Are you serious? No, I understand that. But did you see some of Frost's chase down tackles? Did you see some of Frost's turnovers? In the, the did you see how he ran down <laughs> that guy who's called the fast player or something? And did you focused? see how he turned the ball over immediately after? Oh, we all focus on the turnover. Why don't we focus on the tackle? It's just the adventures of Sam Frost, isn't it? This is Sam Frost's world and we're all just living in it. I think he's a great matchup for Buddy. He's uh, so quick. He's so strong. Um, he is very and quick. And he's a bit he's of a liability. No, a like, like Buddy's unpredictable. He does things you'll never believe. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sam Frost as well, but I think this is going to be a real, um, this could be a real bloodbath. Do you agree with me though, that Frost has to start on Buddy? Yeah, I agree. Oscar Definitely Madonna. not on Oscar Madonna. has been exposed far too many times this year. Yeah. And look, it's just really sad that our backline just continues to get injured. Yeah. Lever, um, Hibbert, now Smith. And Smith was actually playing a really Smith good game. Smith was playing pretty well. He's actually playing really well. Him, but he but looked, he looked all right. Looked all right. And yeah. then now he's injured too. Yeah. And he's had a rough run, Smith, with all of his shoulder problems. I mean, last year he was, he. Yeah. I remember Rewalt, he got injured by Rewalt. In, in round one. Yeah, yeah, in round one. And yeah. then he had a groin complaint. And he's just had a bit of a rough run, hasn't he? Exactly. Um, but I think this is honestly a really interesting test of Simon Goodwin who, uh, you know, all listeners would know we really respect as a coach for his tactical acumen. <laughs> but... I think this is a great test for him to see how he do, how he handles Buddy. Yeah. Because in my theory, the only way, way you're going to beat Buddy is you need a player with the size to match him like yeah, Frost. And but pace. then you need at least one or maybe two others helping out, right? Yeah, totally. So my theory is this is the week where we bring in another tour. We bring in, bring in Pedersen. Mm. And we just get Pedersen. Bring in Pedersen, eh? What a <laughs> novel idea, yeah. No, no, but Pedersen has been playing defense the last few weeks in Casey and playing really well. Yeah. I reckon you essentially say... Look, plug the hole, get in in Buddy's way, yeah. help Frost out as much as possible. Yeah. The truth is, Sydney don't really have many tall forwards, They right? don't really have any options to goal, do they? Yeah. yeah. They're relying on McCartan, Ronk, you know, Florent, these kinds of guys yeah. to get their goals. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's the right matchup. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be an interesting, interesting It'll test. be fascinating. I think it could be brilliant or a complete not a disaster. My big fear is... They won't bring in someone like Pedersen. And then they're essentially saying, we're going to start with Frost. If that fails, we'll go to Oscar. Neither work, and then we're screwed. Yeah, completely. Which yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they did that. Yeah. Mm. Um, Neats, we're going to pretty much ask this question every week because we don't have an answer. Are we now a lock for finals? No, not? definitely not. Absolutely not. We could have this highest 
the most highest percentage in the history of the AFL and finished ninth. Yeah. It would not surprise me at all. I mean, I just sure. think we need to win games. It's like... Well, we need to win one game. Yeah. Well, 13 so this West is why it just kills me because that St Kilda game would have been quite helpful now, wouldn't it? That's true. That's and true. And the two Geelong games. Anyway, we have to put that aside for now. Put that aside. But, I mean, of the three games... This looks like the most like most right is, for taking. Right. And this is, frankly, the only one that will go in as favour. 100%. So. I mean, I, I mean, even with all of West Coast problems, which they have, which yeah. are very well documented, I mean, still, them in Perth is just a different kettle of fish. They are just an incredible team on their home deck. Exactly. And we definitely have a shot, but you'd say we're underdogs. Definitely. And GWS are absolutely flying at the moment and could right. absolutely cut us apart with their ball use and their skill level. And, and the pace. big ground suits them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And they're just they playing so well. They so much well. run. Yeah. yeah. I find it hard to believe we'll beat GWS. I find it hard to believe we'll beat West Coast. I think we'll get smashed but, by GWS personally. Yeah. But yeah. So Sydney is really the game it comes down to. Yeah, it really I feel like if we win this, though, then the whole season changes. I reckon we might start thinking, and don't laugh at me, about top two. Oh, I disagree with that. I think we may. I think if we win this game, we might have real momentum going into the last two games, and yeah. maybe we could get beat one of those teams. Yeah. But you know, I think this game. If we lose this game, I think it's kind of curtains for the rest of the season, personally. Okay, but can I tell you my super optimistic pathway? Well, to I, I'm sure all Melbourne supporters want to hear your super optimistic pathway. To but it's two. not that ridiculous. It involves West Coast losing to Port Adelaide in Adelaide this week. Right. Very possible. It requires us beating West Coast, which I still think is very possible. Mm. And then we have to beat GWS the final round. All three of these things are very possible, but I think they all hinge on this Sydney game. I think if this, we beat Sydney, we're safe in the finals, I reckon at that point anything's possible. Well, we need to get this type of momentum, like the way that Richmond and right. the Bulldogs we did, could right? be, We could be that and kind of And this is what it relies upon. It rely, yeah. If we beat Sydney, I think we could. this potentially surges us in, into that sort of right. momentum, right? And if we lose, we miss the finals. Yeah, So I in, agree. in short, I think we'll either be second or tenth. Yeah. Interesting. 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 Um, Rowan a Bale Award for most underrated performance. So I, I think we've already covered this. Well, I think it has to go to James Harms. No. Wasn't he incredible? Well, he's been rated constantly. It's clearly James Sam Frost. Harms, James Harms has not been rated constantly, Kieran. I think we gave it to him last week as well. Did we really? Yeah. And possibly well, I'm the just, week before. I'm just loving Chompers at the moment, honestly. Like, he's just... How could it not be Frost? Oh, Kieran. Frost is lifting before our eyes into the player we dreamed of. We dreamed of, <laughs> did we? Do you really think it's James Harms? I mean, or maybe Nibbler even. Oh. I can't give Nibbler the award. We've called him to be dropped too many times. <laughs> Sick of giving grudging credit for playing I know, better. That's true. Okay. Well, some dispute about that. It's my award. It's Frost. Your award. <laughs> it's my award. Fine. Um, Swans this week. What yeah. are the changes, needs? So, I mean, now we've got this forced change of Smith. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a few options. There's Hunt, there's Pedersen, there's Wagner. I'm not sure which one you put in personally. I mean, Smith is quite fast, and so maybe you go with Jaden Hunt, or maybe you try and sort of beat them for height, in which case you go with Pedersen. I'm not yeah, I'm not really sure, to be honest. It's, it's tough. Hard. It's really hard to say at this um, stage. Yeah, I mean, Wagner's... It looks like Hunt might be a real option, though. Yeah, I would put Ped in. And so my theory, I've given you my theory on Franklin, but it's not just that. When we're playing West Coast, for example, mm. assuming Kennedy comes back, mm. I do think we need some height in our defence, right? Yeah, we need to try and double-team people because we're right. definitely not going to beat them in a, just a one-on-one contest, are we? Right. So, exactly. So, I think there's, there's not much harm playing Ped this week to yeah. see how he goes in defence. He has yeah. barely played in defence his whole career. Yeah. And then, because the week after it might be Kennedy, Darling, and um, what's his name? Waterman or whatever. Is he still yeah, playing? Yeah, what is he still playing? <laughs> Clearly, we know the teams very well. Yeah. Um, what about milkshakes? Yeah, so is he definitely going to come back in? They said he's 50-50. Okay, well, if he comes back in, then maybe you drop Vandenberg. I mean, even though it's a little bit harsh, but... No, I don't think you should. You think he's he's got to get a couple of games. I mean, I agree with that. It's a bit harsh just to get rid of him after one game. 
My thinking is it wouldn't be a disaster to rest Spargo for a week. Uh, I think that's a bit harsh. Like, I no, just but think, I think Spargo sp- adds really good pressure. Yeah, I think Spargo stays in the team after that. But giving him a week off, like he's been a little bit quieter, I think, recently. He kicked two goals in the first quarter, Kieran. No, but he's still, he's averaging like 12 possessions a game. Is he like, really? Yeah. Is he doing a lot of pressure, Axel? I feel like I see him buzz him around. He buzzes like a little person does, but... um. Hey, don't, no, <laughs> don't, no locking, knocking little purse people, thank you very much. Uh, but... I feel like he buzzes around. He uses the ball really well. He does. But, you know, maybe giving him a break. Assuming Milkshakes comes back. Because who else do you drop if Milkshakes comes in? It has to be Van Berg or Spargo. I don't think you drop Gala. No, probably not after yet last week's performance and after Goodwin just decided to... <laughs> yeah, give him a character reference. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> give him a character reference. Yeah. Um, well, do we win this week? I don't know. I'm so torn about this game. I'm terrified about Franklin. I'm terrified about Sydney with this whole... Off the canvas kind of thing. I hate that, and they're very Hanabry good away from. They're week. very good away from home. Well, they're just. I mean, this whole Hanabry, you know, is shot, and his yeah. career's over, and now he's going to get traded to St Kilda. I mean, this is all just like setting the stage for a wonderful Hanabry revival, isn't it? Right. Um, I, I don't know, and I think that the Kennedy Parker matchup will be really tricky for Oliver and right. Gus. I mean, we have a two hundred and eight centimeter advantage, so I think Gorm will get the better of Sinclair. Right. But the the midfield battle will be Oliver and Oliver versus Kennedy. And Gus versus Parker. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty frightening, really. It's going to be phenomenal to watch. It'll be interesting to watch. It'll be, I'm not sure it'll be phenomenal. It'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. I don't know how those clearances are going to work out. I think we'll beat them for speed. Yeah. I think we are a bit quicker, but... You know my theory? It's going to come down to Tom McDonald. Does he, does he have a blind up? Well, because Tom McDonald, I, I feel like Hogan will get shut down. Yeah. Um, not even, Rampy, even if he doesn't play badly. I think I just think Rampy's a really good defender. Rampy's awesome. And Ali is playing really well as well. And Rampy's a good matchup for Hogan because he's got good mobility. Yeah, he like does. Last he's week he got agile. 28 possessions. Like yeah, he, he can yeah. do a lot. And he can definitely run around the ground with him. Yeah. Right. So I think Tom McDonald might get a bit more opportunity. And his kicking's been off the last couple of weeks, Surprisingly, strangely. it's like he's remembered he's a backman. Like, it was very frustrating. I was I think like, we've all been worried on? about that for a long time. I know. Time. I'm like, is this just like a spell that's been cast over Tom McDonald and one day he's going to wake up and realize, actually, no, I'm actually a backman? Yeah. Which is really annoying. It is really annoying. So, look, I think Tom McDonald's the key. I suspect we're going to lose. I just think Buddy's a worry. And also, I mean, our back line is just so makeshift. It's so makeshift. And look, Sydney's forward line is pretty average, but they've got these kind of buzzy little players. The Haywoods of the world and the Ronks of the world. They're clever. They're clever players, aren't they? I just think, honestly, I'm just worried about the midfield battle, surprisingly. I just, I really think that they could, you know, not many teams can really beat us in contested ball, given that we're number one in the competition, but... They're big guys. Those guys are huge. And if anyone could yeah. sort of slap around our big dudes, it's probably their big dudes. Right. They cause I feel like Sydney basically do what we're trying to do, but they've been doing it for better and for longer. Right. You know? Right. Well, until this year. Until yeah. this year. But, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. They might have one last spasm in them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, And we just haven't beaten them in how many years? Oh, it's been a while. Yeah. Since Ruzi's last game? Right. right. For them? Is that right? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, 2010. That's extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, we just yeah, had yeah. this absolute streak and of losing And we smashed them by 70 points. Yeah, again, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I would love to, but that's the thing. Teams like Essendon smashed Sydney a few weeks ago because they were just a lot quicker. Yeah. And I think we are probably a bit quicker than them, but not considerably so. No, that's not really the core. That's of our really game. not the core of our game. So we, I really don't think we can beat them in that sense. Yeah. Because our outside game isn't going to trump theirs, I don't think. Yeah. So what's your tip, Nitz? I think we'll go down by like maybe 10 points or so. Yeah, I'm tipping five points. 
Thank you very much again for joining us on Deluded. We hope you like the podcast. Please rate us on the iTunes store. Yes. Um, Please rate us highly on the iTunes store too. That's true. In fact, don't rate us if you don't like us. Yeah, exactly. We don't want any of your actual realistic feedback. No, definitely not. Um, And we'll join you after the next game. Go Dees. Go Dees.